You're listening to Give Your Life Away, a devotional podcast from Canyon Bible Church of Prescott designed to equip you with the truth of God's Word and encourage you in the pursuit of ascribing glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Give Your Life Away podcast. As I mentioned in the last podcast, this year I'll be podcasting about the Christian life. So I'm no longer doing what we did last year in 2018, going through a certain portion of Scripture. Last year we did the New Testament epistles. Um, It's not so much a devotional on a certain portion of Scripture. This podcast this year will be what it was originally intended to be, just some devotional thoughts on the Christian life. So I'm helped by thinking of the Christian life in the areas of personal holiness, evangelism, and building up the body of Christ. I've detailed that in previous episodes, but just kind of wanted to set the stage uh, one more time real quickly uh, on, on where this podcast is going. So when I think of the Christian life and giving my life to him in a life of worship, as Romans 12, 1 would tell me to do, I think of um, living the Christian life in terms of being more and more like Jesus, giving the gospel to the lost, and building up the body of Christ. I think if you read the New Testament epistles, uh, you'll see, and and the, the gospels as well, you'll see that the Lord intends his disciples to be like him in these areas, to be like him in our holiness, to be like him in reaching the lost, and to be like him in building up one another. That is, after all, all summed up in the Great Commission. As disciples of Jesus who are being like him, being made like him. As disciples of Jesus, we seek to bring the gospel to the lost and then to equip them, to teach them all that he's commanded us to obey. So we, we're there doing that work of evangelism as we are growing in holiness, and we're doing that work of teaching them to obey all that he's commanded. So that's really the Christian life, the essence of it. So when I think of my life and think, Lord, I want to give you this life, this one life that I have, my next question would be, how do you want me to live it? What do you want me to do? And I believe that this is the sum of the New Testament's teaching. As you are being holy, you reach the lost, and you build up the body of Christ. So, when we think of those three categories, my plan here for the Give Your Life Away podcast is to kind of take one of those categories for about a third of the year. So for the first third of the year, I'll focus in on just some characteristics of personal holiness and some elements of that, some teachings behind that and how to grow in that. Then for the second part of the year, I want to focus on evangelism. What is it? What do we do? What if we're fearful? Uh, what do we not do? And just, just all sorts of topics that relate to evangelism. And then finally, the plan is to close out 2019 with focusing in on what does the Lord intend me to do, me as just a general Christian, what does the Lord intend me to do for the body of Christ? And so I want to focus kind of on those three areas. So again, for the first year or so, I want to focus on personal holiness or the Christ-likeness of a believer. My plan is to briefly unpack a certain area of the Christian life, to comment on it, and then attempt by the Spirit's power to edify you, the listener. So today, I'd like to highlight the importance of reading your Bible widely and narrowly. So the topic for today is reading your Bible widely and narrowly. Now, Scripture itself claims to be the means that God will use to grow his children into maturity. Consider 2 Timothy 3, 16-17. As long as we're talking about maturity, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, 
and for training in righteousness, so that, and this is key, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So the scripture is identifying itself as what will equip a believer, equip someone who wants to grow into the maturity of Jesus Christ. So when I say we're going to start talking about being Christ-like for the first third of the year, we need to start with the Bible. Now, this is assuming you've been regenerated, you've got the Spirit of Christ in you, you've been born again. But now, how are you going to grow? Well, you're going to grow by taking in the Scriptures. In the upper room, Jesus prepared his disciples to be his representatives after he would soon go back to heaven. He astonishingly put his Spirit inside of them so that they'd have the ability to live like him. And then he saw to it that his written word would be what his spirit used to do this sanctifying work in their lives. He prayed to the Father that night and asked this of his Father, Sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. God has given us his word to train us to more capably be set apart for him. So if we are to be like Jesus to those around us, we need to know the Father and what he wants of us. How do we know these things? They're found in his word. That's today's topic. Since the word of God is so important, my recommendation to you is to have some sort of plan or habit of reading the word widely and narrowly. When I say read the Bible widely, I mean that you're taking in the big picture of a book or a testament. You're understanding the vast expanse of the forest, so to speak, not just walking around in one small portion of the trees. It's been said that it takes a whole Bible to be a whole Christian. And that's certainly true. The New Testament speaks of faith in terms of what each one of us possesses individually. So faith meaning to trust Jesus, to trust God. That's what one meaning of faith. We have a trust in God on a moment-by-moment basis. But the New Testament also speaks of faith in this way. It speaks of the Christian faith, capital letters the body of teaching that a disciple of Jesus Christ holds to, believes, affirms. So in order to be disciples and increasingly faithful disciples, you and I must know what our body of belief is. What do we affirm about God? And what false teaching do we reject about God? What do we affirm about how God saves? What false teaching about salvation do we reject? So God has given us a whole body of of documents, of literature, to understand the body of our Christian faith. We've got 66 books. God has given us history, poetry, wisdom, prophecy, accounts of the life of his son, letters, and the message on the future revelation of Christ in these 66 books of Scripture. It's important for us to read widely so that we might understand the full scope of what he's graciously given us. So my recommendation is to have some sort of plan to read quickly through portions of Scripture, if not all of Scripture. Now, don't stress out about the particular deadlines, but I would encourage you to set some sort of soft goal to keep you on pace. There's no command from God that tells you how fast to read through the Scriptures, so don't stress out about not meeting your goals and thinking that you're somehow less than in God's eyes. That's actually called legalism. But again, I would have some sort of goal to help motivate you to stay on track. The idea is that you'd be taking in the scripture. That's the idea. So maybe you read through the Old Testament in a year, or the New Testament in a year, 
Or maybe you have a goal to read the whole Bible through in a year. This is the type of reading that doesn't stop to dwell on a particular passage for a long time. Your goal here is to understand the big picture of a book or a testament or the entire scriptures. So while I recommend reading widely, I'd also strongly encourage you to read narrowly, meaning that I'd encourage you to really focus in on specific words, phrases, sentences, then paragraphs. While reading widely might be likened to flying in a helicopter over a a large forest to understand the immensity of it and where it leads and where it's come from, reading narrowly is like landing that helicopter and focusing in on a small parcel of that forest and looking at each tree, plant, flower, and creature. You're studying the details with rapt attention. John MacArthur has said, The meaning of the scripture is the scripture. Unquote. If you just read the words of the Bible and don't understand what they're saying, then you don't have the scripture. You've got to understand what the Bible means to receive nourishment from it. This narrow reading of it, this study of it, if you will, is the way to do that. There are many ways to go about this. I'd encourage you to figure out what works best for you. Every Christian is different in how they best digest the scriptures. I know of one person who's chosen to start in Genesis and to read through it slowly, and I mean slowly. His goal is to understand all that he can about the book. His goal is to understand every single detail that he's able to about the book. So he's purchased a journaling Bible. There's, there are ESV journaling Bibles. There may be different translations available with, with journaling Bibles. But it's a Bible that has a page next to it. And as you read it, if you've got a question about something, he'll, or he would do this, he'd simply put a question mark and then, and then search maybe commentaries, helps, sermons, whatever it may be, to understand what that passage is saying. So if he's stuck on a word or a verse or a phrase, he won't go on until he understands what that means. So again, his goal is to understand everything that he can about what's in that particular book. Now, he admits that he'll probably go home to be with the Lord before he's done with the whole Bible, but he's seeking to know all that he can. Now, when it comes to reading narrowly for me personally, I like to be in different genres of scripture at the same time. My daily Bible reading might have me meditating on a couple of different portions of scripture. For example, I might be slowly reading through Exodus and Colossians. I don't choose a lot of books, but maybe just a couple to keep me learning from different eras of biblical history. I kind of like the variety. Uh, I I don't really go from Genesis to Revelation in a year. I kind of skip around to different genres, but try to get the whole Bible in uh, in a year. So I would encourage you to, to do what you think is best. But for me, I might pick, when I'm thinking of reading narrowly, I might pick a couple books to focus in on at the same time, or maybe sometimes one book, Uh, but I want to get all that I can out of those particular books as I'm reading narrowly. This is the narrow portion of my Bible reading. So they're small enough in number that I can try to mine the gold out of each of these books. Other people commit to studying a book of of the Bible for a month, or maybe five to six chapters for a month. Again, the goal is narrow reading. That often means slower reading. They aren't just rushing through it. The goal is to understand and to meditate and to know what this passage is saying. So there's not some time constraint. I've got to do Colossians in two weeks and then keep moving. Well, if you don't know Colossians in two weeks, then take a little bit longer. Read slower. The goal is to know what everything means as you're able. 
So again, as you read narrowly, you're reading at a more slow pace. Those who know me know that I'm not a fan of forcing people to do any particular plan. If there was a Bible reading plan specifically commanded in Scripture, then I'd be adamant about everybody following that plan. But my simple encouragement for you today is to have some sort of pattern of reading widely or in big chunks at a fairly steady pace and to read narrowly so that you can slow down and make sure you understand all that you can about a particular book. One final note to mention, whether you're reading widely or narrowly, know the point of the book of Scripture before you begin. Know the point of the book that you're studying before you begin. Don't just strive to read through the Old Testament quickly without knowing why Genesis was written, or when you get to Exodus, why Exodus was written, or when you get to Obadiah, why Obadiah was written. Whenever we know the reasons why an author is writing a book, it helps us to understand the content once we get into it. A study Bible can be a great help here. Again, whether you're reading widely at a more rapid pace or narrowly at a slower pace, know the purpose of the book. Know the purpose of the original author for his original audience. Know why the Holy Spirit inspired that to those people at that time. That'll help you to understand it better. I've prayed that if you're listening to this podcast, that you'd be sanctified by knowing the big picture of Scripture as well as the smaller details May you be increasingly nourished on the Word of God so that you can more faithfully give your life away to Him. If you've been encouraged by the Give Your Life Away podcast, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you'll find us online at canyonprescott.org. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for Give Your Life Away. We are alive in Christ.